Okay, well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in once again. And it's, uh, as the saying goes, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And yes. <laughs> although there's rain and cold and uh, autumn weather is arriving, and that harkens to the fact that winter is just around the corner, David. Yes, it is, Jan. So uh, it's good but to be But that also back. means the holidays are coming, too. Yeah, that's good. This, this is my favorite time of year. Um Especially with the fall, the beauty of it, and then the holidays coming up. For sure. Yeah. So once again, this, like I said, this is 89.1 FM radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. If you're having any problems uh, hearing us, any distortion at all, just you can live stream it on your computer, on your iPad, whatever. And again, you would just go to www.wnzn.org, wnzn.org. So I'm here with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. Great to be here, Jan, with you. Good another, to be here. Another show. Yeah. And um, looking back at the past year, we've had a lot of special guests, literally from around the world. Yes, we have. Different ministries, different projects we feature. Hope to do the same uh, in the future going forward. And then when we don't, of course, we have Bible. We do apologetics. We do different mm-hmm. topics of yeah. interest. That, uh, And our goal really is, is, to, is to help equip and to help all of us to grow stronger in our faith. You know, the Bible clearly says that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So today we're going to look at something very interesting, David, uh, in the Gospel of John. Now, um, we know that there's four Gospels. There's four Gospels that tell about the life uh, and ministry of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called synoptic. It means optic, is means singular vision. They, they overlap. They have similar miracles and uh, parables in there. and uh, But they all are written to a different readership, so to speak. Matthew is writing predominantly to a Jewish audience. Therefore, he starts the lineage in the, of Jesus with Abraham. And then you come to Luke, and Luke presents Jesus perhaps to a Greek audience, as the perfect man, um, and he goes way back to Adam, starts with the first man and goes through, and he, he, he shows Jesus as this servant, he's compassionate, he's healing the sick. More miracles of healing are in the Gospel of Luke than any other, and of course he is a physician. And then Mark, maybe to Romans, there's no, he, he presents Jesus as the servant. Yeah. Uh, there, it's real quick action, you know, immediately, straight away, all this, which is very appealing to action-oriented a Roman readership, and therefore, because he's servant, he doesn't have any lineage. He doesn't open up with it. But John, when you come to the Gospel of John, he's different. He's different than the other three Gospel writers, and um, that's why he presents Jesus as um, well. He presents him as God, certainly, yeah. and his audience is in a sense the world. I mean, that's you know, all the way down two thousand years later to us today. But he introduces introduces Jesus as the eternal God, and that's why he starts. Chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he starts in eternity. He doesn't start with a yeah. human lineage. And then, of course, later in that same chapter, it's saying the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And while, while we're looking at this today, and the title of this really is uh, uh, the incredible number 7 in the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. Why is John using these numbers uh, to structure this gospel. Now, we know he's under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but there does seem to be a certain pattern, and we're going to look at this in a moment, why John does this. Uh, we're going to see there's it's, it, the, the whole 
Gospel of John is is kind of structured around the number seven. Now we saw this when we did the book of Revelation, who we ascribe to John. John the Apostle wrote that. And there you see number seven through everything. The seven churches, seven angels, seven spirits in the throne room, seven judgments, seven, seven, seven. Well, why? Well, for one thing, when you study the Bible, numbers often mean something. Oh, yeah. For example, uh, the number six is often associated with man. Man was created on the sixth day. Sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. When man wants to make himself like God, he's he got this number 666. Uh, six is like that. Three is often references the resurrection or God or the Trinity. But when you, and 12 speaks of uh, authority or completeness, a governmental, uh, you know, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles, 12 months in a year. Now, when you come to seven, why it's so prominent, let's say, in the book of Revelation is because seven indicates perfection, completion, or closure, mm -hmm. or something is fully matured. Yeah. And you, that it would make sense the last book in the Bible would have this uh, woven all the way through it, is, is this pattern of the number seven. Well, the Gospel of John we're going to see this morning, in these couple of minutes we're going to share, also has this kind of thing with the number seven. We're going to look at the seven... Miracles are what John calls signs uh, this of uh, Jesus that prove his deity. We're going to look at the seven I am statements that Jesus makes. But there's other things. There's seven witnesses that testify who Jesus is also in the scripture. Mm -hmm. Jesus fulfills seven feast days that are listed in the Gospel of John. Not eight, not six, but seven. Um, he talks about his hour, his hour, seven times. What does that mean, his hour? Yeah. So what I'm hoping is as we go through this, it's a way to, for the people to understand and remember the Gospel of John uh, a lot easier. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So let's start. I want to start at the end uh, where John says this in John chapter 20. You can read this if you want, David. Sure. John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. Okay. Verse 30 and 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So there he gives us the purpose right. and almost the reason he's doing these particular things that he's listed in this. He yeah. eliminates some things, he puts other things in. But his end goal is um, that that these things are written that you, that's you and me, David, mm -hmm. and the people listening and everybody all throughout right. history yeah, the world. may read these things and then get enough evidence to say, okay, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Son of God. That's how he opened the gospel. The Son of God. And that by believing that, you might have eternal life. Yes. Do you see how powerful this is? But he's doing it in a certain way. And again, seven, I'll just show you real quick now. Look at the next verse uh, where Jesus, this is the last time he's going to show himself uh, in the Galilee to his, uh, up, his disciples. But look how many are there. Uh, look at verse, uh, read chapter 21, verses 1 through 3. Okay, let me get to 21. Very interesting that this would be a completed moment when he's going to have breakfast with these disciples. Okay, you want me to go? Uh, one through three. Yeah. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, 
also known as Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Okay, now look, how many are there? You got Simon, yep. or Simon, one, right. Thomas, right. two, Nathaniel. <laughs> the sons of, two, and sons of Zebedee, two other disciples. Two other, and you got the two sons of Zebedee, yeah. so you got four, five, six, seven. There it is. So there you got seven, and that's going to be the last time he'll meet with them up in the Galilee. So again, you see yeah. seven at the end. Right. Seven is going to see, we're going to see it seven at the beginning. Yeah, I, I wrote down the number seven is especially prominent in scripture appearing over 700 times. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I assume it's because that's the day that God rested, right? Right after the creation. Well, seven is, is completion, completion or perfection. perfection. You're going yeah. to see, yeah, yeah, he creates on six days, right. the seventh day. He's going to um, right. rest, yeah. so that's that's why you see the seven feast days. Mm -hmm. You'll see uh, how many times should I forgive? Seven times seventy. Seven. Yeah. So you see it all the way go through, but it's right. the idea of completion, perfection, and often seven uh, is in reference to God because six is the number of man, and man comes short of God. That's what it says in Romans three twenty three, for all of sin and comes short of the glory of God. Jesus is the seventh, you know, the complete or perfect yeah. man. So when we start with the Gospel of John and just start looking at these things, Gosh. a couple of interesting things are going on here. Um, one, you know, the, the, the first sign gift we see him doing is in chapter 2 of the Gospel of John. And that's where he's at the famous wedding, right? Uh, John chapter 2? Uh, yeah, John chapter 2. Uh -huh. And they run out of wine. And uh, that's when... Uh, his mother will come to him, Mary will come to Jesus and say, they ran out of wine. And he says, notice he says to her, woman. He doesn't call her mother. He calls, Interesting, he calls her woman. It's not a derogatory term, but it is interesting what he calls her. Why does this concern me? My hour has not yet come. Yeah. Now, he's going to mention my hour seven times in the Gospel of John. We're going to look at this in a minute. Oh, my minute. gosh. My hour means his hour. Why did he come into this world? To die. You see that people don't realize that he he came into the, that's his hour and he can't he, he can't be prevented from that even when they try to kill him earlier on and he walks right. through the crowd right. because it wasn't his hour right we're going to look at this in a moment but in chapter seventeen in his high priestly prayer he says it is my hour it is now my hour this right. is it the greatest time on all planet Earth if you believe that Jesus yeah. you know God visited this planet so he says. Uh, his mother said, verse 5, whatever he says to you, do it. Notice she points to Jesus and to hear his word and to obey his word. You'll see this is a, a recurring theme. Yeah. Uh, he, whatever he tells you, you hear him, you do it. And, of course, here we see how many water pots? Six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification. Again, six is the number of man. I don't yeah. want to make too much out of this. But what was the purpose of the water pots there? Per purification, it's external. It talked yeah. about the old Jewish law, right? But and the water is in it now. He's we don't know it. Does, he just says fill all the water pots up, and he's going to change it to wine. So it's no longer external water for cleansing. It's internal right. for joy. You know, wine at the wedding. You see, mm -hmm. he he Jesus comes not to make things better, but to change things. Yeah, that's why I always say. Jesus did not come and die on the cross right. to make nice people nicer. Yeah. He came to make dead people alive. Right. And so right from the beginning, this is what's called the first sign. Uh, you know, he even says that uh, at the wedding feast, uh, uh, they, 
where he'll do the first yeah. sign. And matter of fact, he will say that um, uh, in verse 11. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs. There. See, sign. He yeah. doesn't use the word miracle. He uses the word sign. Then hmm. he's got seven signs. Uh, now, Jesus does a lot more miracles in the Matthew and uh, recorded. But sign comes from the Greek word. And what sign means is from the Greek word signum. It's where we get the words uh, signal or signature. It points to yeah. something. It points. To, it's not random. Mm -hmm. It's pointing to something. So here, what we might be seeing here, if you really study the Gospel of John, we don't have time to get in high detail, but it starts in the beginning God, right? In the beginning was the Word. Sounds like the first day of creation. Yeah. In the beginning. Then light comes. And so we come here. If you follow it through, verse 35 of chapter 1, it says the next day, the next day. And then it says on chapter 2, what you just read, on the third day. So you have four days and then stop. And then three days later, you're at the seventh day, right? Yeah. Well, what happened when God, after he was finished creating everything, creates Adam and Eve and what? He marries them. Man shall leave his wife, cling to her, be fruitful to multiply. How does Jesus' ministry start out? With a wedding. You see, there's a, there's a real interesting thing with the seven working its way through here. But the key here is, of course, is that um, this is the first sign. Now, Jesus is going to do, let, because we're on signs, let's stick with signs, okay? Uh, he's going to do uh, six of these signs that John says. The second one he's going to do is in chapter 4. And this is where a man comes to him. And, of course, he... Um, he basically says uh, his his son is very sick. Okay, if you look at John uh, chapter four and in verse forty six, you can read that if you like, David. Sure, forty six. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine, and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived at Galilee from Judah. He went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. Okay, now do you see? Yeah. Okay, but look at the last verse, verse 54. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judah to Galilee. Okay, do you see this now? Yeah. Now notice a couple things here. How did the yeah, Father... Yeah, so he calls them signs, not miracles. Exactly right. This That's a very... Sign that he's the Son of God? Yeah, there's seven yeah. signs that right. John is laying it in. What does the first one show? Well, he has the power over nature. Right. He can turn water into wine. It has higher implications because it's shown it's no longer the external right. Jewish law of purification, it's the internal. Right. Then the second one, it shows he has power to heal from a distance. Yes. He doesn't even have to be there. Right. You know, and so this also shows us. He has power over life and death. Exactly yeah. right. And and now it also shows us what's common with the wedding feast of Cana. What did Mary say? Whatever he says to do, right. you do. What did this man do? He heard the word right. and he went. And he obeyed the word. Jesus didn't go with him, did he? He no. just obeyed the word and he found his son that was healed. So you're catching this kind of flow of John's establishing signs right. that we can we can start believing these. Right. Now, 
when you study the scripture, it's much easier to believe it's true than to say, well, a group of people got together and they did this and they turned this and they made up a story like Harry Potter or something. It doesn't fit. It's too human. It's just too, it has this very human, real quality to it. So there's your... You just see the supernatural in this all the way. Yeah, right. There's no other way to to describe it. Yeah, Yeah. that's why I always say it's easier to believe. You talk about putting breadcrumbs down a long path to get to the buried treasure, 700 times he's got the number seven embedded. And, you know, I think it's it's the number sequences that we talked about, the organization that God wants us to see to lead to him because the Bible's all about Jesus, isn't exactly it? Exactly right. So it, and if you follow those breadcrumbs, you got to believe, for, what, 40 different people over 1,500 years writing the Bible? Oh, yeah. And it, and it, and it reads like it was one author sitting over a period of uh, X amount of years to do it himself. Yeah, there's a singular it's message. It's too clean and it's too perfect. And the, the beauty of it is you can experience it. Yeah. It's not like you're learning mathematics. Okay, no. I know math or I know algebra. Yeah. This you actually can imbibe. Yeah. And it touches you at a deep level. So coming back to yeah. the signs, if you wanted to go down, if you're driving from here to Florida, what are you going to do? You're going to follow signs. Right. And the signs are going to get you to your destination. You see the idea of yeah. signs right. point to something. Right. The signs, the signs in themselves are valuable, but they're not your destination. Mm-hmm. And he's saying here, don't just look for the signs, and that's all they wanted. When he did the miracle of the bread, they just wanted more bread. He says, "That's not it. It's not. <laughs> I'm the reason. You know, the reason this, when you're driving to Florida, the signs aren't that. You don't want to take them and put them in your car. They're not your destination. They just tell you how to get to your destination. Right. They're very valuable." Right. Same thing with the signs here, John. That's, that's exactly right. All right, now let's look at the next one he's going to do. Yeah. It's in chapter 5. Um, see how John is just unfolding this? He's just laying it out, like, just, a, like about as clear as clear can be. And so you, you see this uh, um, other sign coming up here. Yeah. And he says here, um, verse, uh, verse 10 and uh, through 13. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Okay. Now, look, a couple things going on here. Number one, it's on the Sabbath. Now, that's important because in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is going to say he's Lord of the Sabbath. See, he owns the Sabbath. It's right. not So he says he owns the Sabbath. And he goes up to this guy and he says, uh, take up your bed and walk. Again, he's giving him words that he must obey. Yeah, It's not a big deal, but he's just saying, pick up your bed and walk. We saw that similar thing was happening with the other miracles, right? right? The word right. is given right. from Jesus. You hear this word, mm-hmm. you obey his word, you see a result, and he's healed. And so this will be the third sign. And, of course, this is showing not only is he Lord of the Sabbath, but that also that he has this power right. over disease. Right. I mean, what's interesting uh, is this poor guy. I mean, he was he was made well uh, when Jesus says, um, 
take up your bed. Immediately, it says in verse 9, immediately the man was made well, uh, and that day was the Sabbath day. So it's immediate. Now, he, he was crippled for how long? Was it 38 years? Yeah, yeah. long time. So now, now we see the power. What Jesus is doing here, it's like if I said I was, um, if I was the king or if I was a, a, a famous person, Albert Einstein, you would think I was crazy. But if I could start showing you proof, you know, Jesus, is he, he's declaring himself to be the son of God. Well, if you're the son of God, if you're the king of kings, do you have authority? Yes. What do you have authority? I have authority over disease. I have authority over nature. I have authority over demons. I have authority over the word of God. I'm fulfilling it. Do you see what I'm saying? I have yeah. authority over death. So for believers, when we read this, David, we get encouraged, our faith. But unbelievers, they can't, you like can't put it all together. Did you ever get like that before you were a Christian? Oh, yeah. You just oh, can't yeah. like put it together. And you think, yeah, he did a miracle. You don't see the... the you know, I'm... If I'm being completely honest with myself, uh, when I was younger and we'd read some of the stories, you know, especially even the whale story where Jonah was stuck yes. in there for three days, I, I thought it was I thought it was a joke. Uh -huh. I thought it was a silly story. It was not believable. Uh, and that some of these other ones, I was thinking, okay, this is pretty hard to believe some yeah, of this right, stuff. Yeah, right, right. That shows you how naive I was. All of us. You yeah, know? yeah. It shows you how naive. And, and then when you start to look at it now... You are reading the Word of God, and He is telling us the Bible is all about His Son. It all leads to His Son. The number sequences, all of the stories, the people, and how they interact, the similarities of His life. You look at Abraham. You look at Joseph. Um, you look at um, you know just all these people in the Bible, King David, and how it was similar to some of the suffering of Christ and who Christ was going to be when He did arrive. It just all leads to him. It, it does, and it's, it's perfect, you know. Yeah. And, and part of the problem is, well, there's multiple problems before we become a Christian. But one is, yeah. the Bible clearly says you need the Holy Spirit to interpret the right. Word of God. It, it just it, it says the natural man yeah. does not receive the things of the Spirit, and so that's why you have really intelligent professors right. that that they just can't see it right. because they don't have the Holy Spirit of God inside them. Once you have that. Uh, then things start opening up. Yeah. You go, okay, I, I can see this more more clearly. But because it's like if if uh, if I my six year old grandchild, if I was to put a calculus formula on the thing, yeah. he couldn't understand it. It'd just right. be numbers. He might know a couple numbers, but he couldn't understand all those formulas. But because he can't understand it, does not mean that 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 thing isn't true. That calculus problem isn't true and solved. But, be, but he's saying, I can't understand it, therefore it's not real to me. It's same way with spiritual things. Unbelievers don't have capacity without the Holy Spirit to understand these truths. They, therefore, they say it's not true right. or it's foolishness, right. like you said about right. Jonah or I said about stuff. We just. Yeah. But once you have the Holy Spirit, right. in a sense, the lights go on, and these, these signs that John has given us are actually strengthening our faith. You're hanging on every word. It strengthens I mean, our it's, faith. That, it, it that's how much it changed. Exactly me, right. Yeah. You know, like I trust every word now. Yeah, because it's yeah, it's laid in yeah, here. Like right. like so now we're gonna come there's first, second, third sign. Now we come to the very important middle sign, which is in chapter six. And this of course is the feeding of the five thousand. Yeah, like now this, one, yeah. um, th 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 this is the one miracle that's in all four gospels. 
Okay, it's the one miracle that's mm -hmm. in all four. All the yeah. others have different ones, different this and that, but this one is very strategic. It's in the middle of the seven sign miracles, and what it is is, of course, we know the story. Uh, one of the things notice here, you see what it says in verse four. Now the Passover, yeah, the Passover Jesus, festival there. John will identify seven feasts that mm -hmm. Jesus attends to. It, that way we get a time indicator of how long he lived his public ministry oh. by looking at these dates. I'll show you that in a minute. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's got seven festivals he attends to. Wow. And then we're, that's how they figure out he lived approximately three and a half years. I mean, his ministry. He was yeah. 30 years old. We know he's 30 when he starts. It says that in Luke. He's 30 years old. He gets baptized by John. And then he has this three years that ends at Passover. That's when he will be killed. And then, of course, he stays on the earth in his resurrection for 10 days. So you can plot it in there and drop it in there really tight. Again, this is rooted in history, yeah. in archaeology. It's not like long, long ago, far, right. far away. Right. Okay, so he, he, he's going to multiply the, the verse 9, the lad who has five barley loaves and two small fish. And he says, make the people sit down. And now right. they're sitting down. Notice it's in green grass, verse 10. And he sits them down, if you look at the other Gospels, in groups of 50 to 100. And then he gives, he says, and then he took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, look at verse 11, he gave thanks. Isn't it important yeah. to give thanks? Here he gives Jesus thanks. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed it to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. That's the sign of God. Yeah. I'll giving just, thanks to the Father for the for his ability to do that, I said. What's interesting yeah. here, too, is it's... Um, where is it being multiplied? Right. It, when it goes into the basket, when it leaves their hands, when is right. it? Right. You know, when is it actually being distributed? Right. But what's interesting here, David, and it's a separate side study, yeah. but if you notice, he's got 5,000 people, men. There's right. women and children probably. Right. It, it says they're on green grass, right? Yeah. He makes them sit down in clumps of 50 to 100, probably for the sake of distribution and right. easy to count. But... Before he feeds them physically, he was teaching them. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching them. What does it say in Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He makes me to sit down in green pastures. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, they're up in the galley. This is controlled by the Romans, and they're all mm -hmm. spread out. He's standing up. It says he's standing up, right? They're all sitting down. What do they look like? Clumps of sheep. And he's the good shepherd feeding them. Yeah. First he fed them spiritually. Now he's feeding them physically. You see that? It's yes. a very powerful scene. Yes. Miraculous shows them the power over uh, supply. Mm -hmm. But not only that, he shows us fullness. When he does miracles, he just doesn't help the crippled guy get better, or, you know, limping along with mm -hmm. a crutch. When he, he gives the change the water to wine, it's the best wine. When he multiplies the loaves and fishes, it says everybody is full. Yeah, there, there's he, food left. He's the God of abundance. Yeah, and, and that, that's, that's, that's why I really love this story, because it's not only spiritually, but physically he fulfills us with everything oh, we need. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. That's why you don't need drugs, you don't need booze, you don't need all these other things. And we didn't know that. Yeah. That's the problem. It's they our were. separation from Christ that causes causes these addictions you're exactly right because yeah. we're looking for th right. fulfillment fulfillment and and you know 
it says clearly in John chapter 10, verse 10, the enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy. Right. But Jesus says, I have come, you might have life, salvation, and life more abundantly. Mm -hmm. Joy and peace mm -hmm. and purpose and, you know, mm -hmm. all of these things. But it's hard to tell people that aren't yet believers this. Ah. Maybe somebody's listening today as we're headed into this Thanksgiving season in another month to realize that he's given us fruitful seasons and rain and, and, and sunshine and, and, you know, fruit and vegetables and bread and all this fish. And everything we need. Yeah, you know, and then he's given us friendship and family and books. And he, you know, and, and the other thing he gives is when you're with him, you're calm. Yeah. Because it's just like these guys, they didn't, all these people were there, they didn't have enough food, but nobody panicked right and 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 i think that that's really a key lesson john it's a, it's a big when you, when you have christ even though you're facing many challenges you can be calm in the sense that you trust that his hand is in your situation and and because you're a follower of christ he will help you get through exactly it. right whatever whatever the path is now one of the big things here is verse 14. yeah after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, no, go on. Jesus, Notice it says sign. Yes. The people saw sign. the sign. But yeah. this one is important for this reason, and that's maybe why it's in all four Gospels. They knew, it says in Deuteronomy 18, God told Moses, I'm going to raise up a prophet like you, Moses. Right. Just like you. The people must listen to him or they'll be judged or cut off. They were always looking for that prophet. It couldn't be Isaiah or it couldn't yeah. be Elijah. It couldn't be John the Baptist. Yeah. They even said, are you that prophet? He goes, no, I'm not the big Moses-like prophet that did miracles, deliverer. And they now, why did they, they identify this with Moses? Because when Moses was in the wilderness and he prayed and God rained down bread from heaven. Mm -hmm. Jesus is producing a thing right out of his own hands. Yeah. They said, that's the one. That's a sign that points way back thousands of years or more that there was this coming prophet and they thought there it is in there space. It is. So that is another reason why the sign yeah. is so important. Yeah. Then you go to stay in the same chapter uh -huh. and, and look what happens in uh, verse uh, 15. Jesus, if you read, yeah. yeah. Jesus knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force withdrew again to a mountain by himself. You want me to keep going? Yeah, you can keep going. Jesus walks on the water. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Okay, so this is the fifth sign. It's interesting it comes right after the, the, the bread miracle, yeah. because Moses, when he intervened for the people, God sent manna from heaven, uh -huh. right? Sent bread from mm -hmm. heaven. But also when they were in a jam, yeah. and they couldn't get across the Red Sea because the mm -hmm. Egyptians, and then God parted. Mm -hmm. Now... <laughs> he's walking on top of the wall. See, there's a linkage there between the, the bread and the water miracle, and he's fulfilling this all like in one day. So notice it says it's dark out. The disciples are trying to row the boat. It's not going any. You know, everything's against them. It was right. dark. Uh, it says the sea rose up, and there was a great wind blowing. So you got the wind. You got the sea. It's dark. 
uh, and they rode about three or four miles. They, they're, they're not getting anywhere. You know, they just yeah. keep rowing, and they're, mm-hmm. they're getting scared. Mm-hmm. But they see Jesus walking on the water. <laughs> you can imagine this. No, and then, that, then he says, don't be afraid. And it says, um, then will, they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately... The boat was at the land, and they were they were where they were going immediately. Did he? It was like powered or something. I, we don't know. Another place it'll say he calmed the wind and the waves yeah. stopped. Yeah. But anyone that's been on Lake Erie when it's choppy oh, and you run, how long does it take to to smooth it down? A half yeah. hour, an yeah. hour. Yeah, my, the winds yeah. in that might stop, but you still got right. choppy. Right. It's like that. Right. He's got right. power over the wind. Notice his power over nature. Yes. He's Creative. got power over nature. Um, Again, well, th- that's the other thing, John. When I was younger, I, being a server boy, I remember I didn't I didn't know that Jesus created the world. No. I thought it was the Father. Mm. I never understood that. Till, it was the Father through yeah, him? Yeah, right. I never I never knew that he was. We, there's a lot we didn't know, David, yeah. because we just didn't yeah. have access. Right. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's why Jesus says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word uttered by the mouth. That's why we should be giving children the scriptures early. Yes. They'll get it. Well, my little grandchildren, they memorize oh, yeah. scripture. They recite poems. And, and mm-hmm. so it's in them. Right. And we didn't, you know, yeah. I'm not. This is no different than teaching them not to put their hand over the hot stove. Yeah, right. That, that, or an that, electrical that's, outlet. That's the, that's the thing I'm sad about is, you know, I, I just started getting into this with you 10, 12 years ago. And all that time I lost. Well, yeah, but uh, remember, yeah. God but restores the years. He has right. a way of restoring he the does. years. And, and, and that's when he wanted me to get it. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah, and you've seen the result in your family. Oh, yes. Answer Praise prayer God. in your business. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So this was number um, fifth sign right. is the walking on water. You could actually include other signs. But the, now a big one is coming here in chapter 9. Uh, we're going to go a little bit quicker, so I'm going to touch on some other sevens. But this is the one of the blind man. Oh yeah, and this is huge. Oh yeah, because see, he's he's blind from birth. Do you see that in verse one, chapter nine, verse one? As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? See that he was born blind. He was born blind. Yeah, there was never a miracle in the Old Testament where a guy that was born blind was healed. Some were judged and they get their blind, they get their sight back. But this guy is from birth. They're saying who sinned because they used to think. If somebody has a leprosy yeah, or blindness, right. who caught? Yeah. He must have did something wrong, yeah. or his parents did something. Wrong. And he says, "No, neither." He says, um, "He says, look at what he says in verse three. Neither this man nor his parents sinned," said Jesus. But this happens so that the works of God might be displayed in him. See, as, yeah. As see, the, the works of God or yeah. the sign might be displayed, and then <clears throat> then you will know that he is the light of the world. Verse yep. five. See, oftentimes when a miracle happens. Jesus is is inserting himself. So when he does the miracle of the feeding the 5,000 with bread, in chapter 6 then, he'll say, I'm the true bread come down from heaven. Here he's going to say, I'm the light of the world. He's going to give this man light. You see how he does? Yeah. He combines things like that. And he tells him, again, he says to the blind man, he, he takes clay, he spits on it, he puts it on his eyes, and he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Again, hearing the word of God, obeying the word of God, and seeing the result. A lot of people pray, but they don't want to obey God's word. Right. And so they may see it and they may not see it. The other thing I like about that is he wants us to be active in our healing yeah. and, and be a part of it. Yeah. That's why he sent the man out. It's not just open your eyes. Right. I love that because that's in a lot of different 
things Contest. we saw with the, you know, even with the, with converting the water into wine, you know, the guys brought everything to him and filled up the water. And they're all night fishing, not catching right. anything. He right. could have just caused fish to jump into their boat, but he says, right. take the net, mm-hmm. put it on the other side. Right. They had to do some work right. and they had to pull it up. So you'll find that's true even in our own lives. Oftentimes, answer to prayer have participatory power. Right. They got, in other words, you're praying for a job, praying for a job, but you don't just sit home. No. You you make the calls, you get a resume. Yeah. You know, you want to yeah. be really good playing <laughs> piano, you just can't no. pray. I'm going to be good and, and if you want to create disciples, you really do have to study the Word, too. Yeah, you you to can't be. just say you're a Christian and show up to church once a week it's for a an great. hour it's and right. go home and say you fulfilled your your destiny exactly right it, it, and, and that's what i thought that's what i did yeah. uh and so i thought hey i went to service yeah, yeah but so then, anyway yeah we have to learn these things right you know, it takes us time that's mm-hmm. all so there you have another big sign this guy's going to get physically yep. he's going to see right but then jesus is going to reveal himself to him and as a matter of fact he'll he will say then at the very end uh, verse 35 same chapter uh-huh okay bear with me Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Okay, do you yeah. see that? He got his he got his physical sight, but now he got his spiritual sight to see the, what? The light of the world. Yep. But again, how did this come? It came through a sign. And why did John say back at the end of the gospel, why did he write record these signs? That you might know, and what, is, what did he say? What did the blind man say in verse 38? Lord, I believe. I believe. That's so where that John, you may believe. Yeah. That's where John is yeah. leading the audience. Right. So here's another one of the signs that are pointing to Jesus is who mm-hmm. he says he is. It's just, when you really see it, it's like yeah. it's like one thing down after another. It's, hard, it's really hard to get away from this it's stuff. It's hard to miss. <laughs> you know, when your eyes are open, John, right? Yeah, right, and, right. And I think that's the key. Now, the last, of course, mm-hmm. is some would consider the biggest, and this is Lazarus. And that's where, in chapter 11... Um, John 11? Th- yeah, this... This, I believe, is is the big one because it answers life's biggest problem. Yes. I mean, the inevitability, we're all going to die. I mean, it's, right. you know, and yeah. I don't care where you're at or mm-hmm. where you're born. And death is inevitable. Death is capricious. We right. don't know when. We might live to be 100. We might die this week. Yeah. We don't, uh, it's universal. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter about status or wealth or anything else, gender. It's there. And, but he's showing he has the power over death. Now, that's a very, very important thing. No other religion, they'll give you teaching, philosophy, morals, but Jesus comes to give you this idea. And, of and he really out. makes it clear that this individual, Lazarus, was completely oh, passed dead. and also potentially decaying, right? Yeah, right, At corrupted. day number four, Yeah, right? So um, unlike when Jesus rose at day three. Exactly right. right? So, so he's in there. I mean, we won't go through the whole no, thing, but he yeah. comes... And then he, he says, the, the Mary and Martha, the sisters, go to meet him. And they said, verse 21, Lord, if you've been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, he will give you. And Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And they, he says, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. See, good Jewish people knew there was a coming last day resurrection. The body yeah. is going to be yeah. risen. Even mm-hmm. You'll see that in the Old Testament. Jesus says, 
I am the resurrection. Notice he doesn't say, I'm going to give you the resurrection. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. The same thing John said at the end of the thing. If you'll believe this, you'll have everlasting life. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She says, yes, Lord, I believe. There's that idea of belief that you are the Christ. And of course, we know what he says. He says, tells him, remove the stone. Right. He's going to speak. The stone is, uh, I don't want to make a, a metaphor out of it, but I will. The, oftentimes, before we come to spiritual life, there's something blocks us mm -hmm. from hearing the word of God. Maybe it's our childhood. Maybe it's, we don't, you know, whatever. And that has to be removed. Now, what helps there is that you have a friend or somebody witnesses. They move. The disciples went up and they moved the stone. Now Lazarus can hear. He can hear, even though he's dead. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. He hears the word of God. That gives him life, but he's wrapped up with grave clothes. And then Jesus says, remove the grave clothes from him. And that's why I'll say in the scripture, when we come from death to life, we still have grave clothes, old habits, sin patterns. And that's why I'll say in Colossians 3, take off the old man, put on the new man. No more lust and fornication and drunkenness and blasphemy. Put on the new man, love and peace and purpose. And See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we have great clothes, but this picture is perfect. But that's the, the, that's the last of the sign gifts, uh, miracles that he does that John sets up, but it ends with a resurrection. It's powerful. It's not just the light, but it seems like all things positive come with him. Everything. You know what I mean? Everything. That, and, and, and that's the beauty of it. That's the excitement. And then right after that, yeah. um, you know, we see that he's actually there eating with Jesus. You know, yeah. he's in the house now. So there's, there's, that suggests Did he fellowship. have to take a shower before dinner? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he came back. You know, that's this, this is what's on the table now is that we can... We can know that we have eternal life. No kidding. Not we'll yeah. get eternal life, but we can have eternal life when we accept Jesus. That you know, is so important. And so, without that, you know, our faith is 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 well, nothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he answers life's biggest problem, he does. which is death. I mean, right. we serve somebody whose grave is empty. Yeah. I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah, you know, and there's too much there in terms of prophecy and history and the record of changed lives throughout all human history mm -hmm. to suggest it's true. Yeah. And that's why if somebody's listening today and they might, you know, tuned in this to WNZN uh -huh. and are listening, that to really look at the evidence, because what we're running into more and more, David, is unexamined unbelief. I talked to people, they haven't looked at the evidence. Neither did I for 27 years. Really got down oh. to it. I had religion, but yeah. I didn't look at the evidence of this proof of who Jesus is and how, what it meant to access right. him, to believe right. in him and to receive that, you know. I didn't know it, you know, and once I did, then I thought, okay, now I can move forward. So there we see these these different signs. There's the seven. Now we're going to go a little bit quicker. He has seven I am statements. Oh, yeah. Now that's very important because they they tell us something about him and for the sake of time i will we'll go a little bit quick uh -huh. but number one he calls himself the bread of life right that's in john chapter 6 verse 35 so we know that you have to have bread to in the old days if they put somebody in solitary confinement they used to say we're just going to give him bread and water do you yeah. hear that expression? because those are your basic necessities mm -hmm. of life is number one you have to have bread substance and number two you have to have water liquid well jesus saying in john chapter 6 
what does he say? I am the bread. Come yeah, down from heaven. You can partake of me and you can have nourishment. Later, he'll say he'll give you water coming out of your belly. He says it's the Holy Spirit of God. So he fulfills hunger, spiritual hunger, spiritual thirst. But here in chapter 6, he says, I am the bread, bread of, of life. life. We just looked in chapter um, uh, 8 and chapter 9. He's going to call himself the light of the world. Now, that's important because the world lies in darkness, even now. People say, well, we got lights and we got this. Yeah, but it's in spiritual darkness. Just look around. Yeah. Read the newspapers. Right. See what's going on. And Jesus came in like light that lights people. He's like these light and candle. You know, see what I mean? And, and once you get lit up, so to speak, by yeah. Jesus, you have the Holy, you have capacity now to go light others. Not in our own strength, but you have the, to share the good news. Right to pray for them, and to see the light come on in their own life. The light comes on in their own life, you see. And so um, it's pretty powerful, you know, when he's, he is the light of the world. He says that in John chapter 8, John chapter... Then he says, I am the door. And that, you see that in chapter 10. And, of course, in verse 7, he makes this claim. You wanna, you wanna, he, where do you want to go? You can look at it, verse 7. Uh, chapter 10? Uh, chapter 10, uh-huh. Okay. Verse 7, Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. There you go. They there. will come in and go out and find pasture. There he says, he's the entry. He's your point of entry. He's not showing us the way he is the way you know he is the door and, and that is so important again you know you brought this up before john uh and it's important to know that our good works are not the reason we're going to heaven it is only through him it's only through only him. through him good yeah. works are important but the, 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 what it is that you people could study this in ephesians chapter 10 but yeah. it's we are we are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. Yeah. We should do good yeah, works. Yeah, we should. We should but, give to the poor, yeah. visit the hospital, mm -hmm. visit those in prison, um, share the gospel, pray mm -hmm. for people. But that comes in, the, the, the engine, uh, you know, the caboose, you can't get the caboose in front of the engine. The first thing is you want to make sure you're saved. Right. You've got a relationship with Jesus Christ. That. There, we don't. We can't do any good works to get that. I mean, the thief on the cross, he couldn't do anything even if he wanted to. His nails were were, were stuck, right? Yeah. But he says, "Lord, remember me when you come into mm -hmm. your kingdom." He admitted he was a sinner. Yeah. And Jesus says, "Truly, I say to you, this day you'll be with me in paradise." Isn't that amazing? He couldn't do one good work. Yeah. You see. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Right in the end, even though he didn't live uh, a good life at all, um, at the last minute, because he came through Jesus. He's, he's in heaven with him now. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's you know, and again, Some he, people get angry about that. That, well, you know, that it can be that easy if you really take, you know, and that's a perfect example. You know how many people tell me, how can that be? You know, I've I toiled and I've, I've done all the right things. Well, you know, Jesus gives I, a famous parable where the master goes out to, yeah. the, to the marketplace and he sends people right. out to work in the harvest and he says if you go yeah. out I'll pay you this much mm -hmm. he sends someone at yeah. 9 in the morning 12 and all day and then he sends some people out later in the afternoon or early mm -hmm. evening and they come back mm -hmm. and he what he promised to mm -hmm. give the early ones he gives them and then he gives, mm -hmm. but he gives the same to everybody and they go why did you do that this isn't fair he goes now wait a minute I told you what I paid and you agreed to it don't say I'm not yeah. being fair to you but if this guy comes in at the 11th hour, I have the right to give him. So that's why people can't accept that a murderer yeah. 
could come to repentance mm-hmm. and accept Christ as right. their Savior. But we don't understand the power of forgiveness. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we look at it from a human point of view. That's exactly the you way know, to, he to look at it. He measures by a different right. yardstick. So right. now in that same chapter, verse 11, this is where Jesus is going to declare himself to be the good shepherd. Yeah, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd laid that lays down his life for the sheep. There you go. Yep. And all through the Old Testament, you see this idea of shepherd. And Psalm mm-hmm. 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right. So Jesus is inserting himself in there and saying he is not a shepherd, but the good shepherd, which means that's really significant. And again... We looked at feeding the 5,000. He has them sitting in green grass. He's feeding them. You know, He looks yeah. like this shepherd yeah. figure. Yeah. And, of course, he, a good shepherd, uh, he, he, a good shepherd uh, feeds, leads, and protects. Feeds, yeah. leads, and protects. And that's what we should find in pastors. They should be able to mm-hmm. lead, feed, and protect mm-hmm. uh, because the sheep need you know, right. a shepherd. And, uh, of course, Jesus is the chief shepherd or the good shepherd. He, yeah. and, as a matter of fact, he laid down his life for us. So he protects us from the wolves and the ravenous dogs, but he's willing to give his life that we can get into mm-hmm. the sheepfold. Very yeah. powerful yeah. I am statement. And then he comes to the one, uh, of course, in uh, where he'll declare himself, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And uh, once you come there, then you see... Um, uh, the fact that uh, he told Mary that, you know, John I am 11, the yeah. 25 to 26 mm-hmm. is what I got. Let's see, John. And there you have it. You know, he yeah, is. The, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. There it is. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. I am the resurrection. There you have it. Even I mean, though they die physically, yeah. and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Eternal right. life. Yeah, you have it. So really, Man. this life, when you leave the body, it I mean, it's only 100, you know, 80 years, 100 years. I don't know what it is. You yeah. Know, but yeah. it's nothing compared to what we have I'm, coming. Yeah. But that's the thing when he says you won't die. I'm the, you, you won't suffer the second death, which is separation from God. He's saying you've got it. And uh, again, you know, you just, are urging people to look at the evidence when and to say, okay, either he's a liar and he was in the resurrection and the life, he's saying he is, he's a lion, mm-hmm. or he's um, like crazy. Like if I told you I was Napoleon, you'd think, yeah, you're right, mm-hmm. you're crazy. But he's backing this stuff up by these miracles. Mm-hmm. Then he's backing it up with history. Then he's backing it up with eyewitnesses. And then your own personal life. Did he change your life? You know, did he come in? You know, certainly did. And then the, the sixth one he'll do is in John chapter 14, verse 6. This is the famous one. John 14, verse 6. Okay. Jesus answered him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There you have it. There it is. There you have yeah. it. I am the way. How do you want to live your life? Well, he's the way. He is the way. Right? They used to call early Christians followers of the way. Number two, he doesn't say, I'm just going to tell you the truth. He says, yeah. I am the truth. Remember it says, in the beginning was mm-hmm. the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word it was God, became flesh. He is the truth. People are looking today for what is the truth, mm-hmm. right? And, going, oh. and then finally, he is the life. That's what you want. You want the way, how to live my life, the truth, a guidance system, and you want that power, that resurrection life. And Jesus fulfills them all. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then 
the the last one he's going to declare himself to say is in John chapter 15, and he'll say... Verse uh, 5, uh -huh. the vine. Yeah. Um, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah, very good. Yeah. So there you have the seven signs yeah. that point to Jesus. Yeah, the seven the groupings. Seven I am statements. Seven metaphors. Then he does what I call, he says his hour. Remember he said to Mary, woman, what do I have to do with you? It's not yet my hour. You see, he'll say that continually. It's not yet my hour. But as you come to his, as he gets closer and closer to his crucifixion in John chapter 17, verse 1, mm -hmm. he'll say, glorify me for it, my, it is now my hour. He says, uh, let me read this. Uh, Go ahead. Jesus spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, your hour has come. Uh, the hour has come. Glorify your son um, that he might also glorify you. There you have it. The hour has come before this uh, in chapter 2, verse 4, chapter 7, verse 30, chapter 8, verse 20, 12, 23, 12, 27, 13. Seven times he's going to talk about his hour. But yeah. now he's going to say, my hour has come. What yeah. was his hour? Death, yes. burial, resurrection. That's right. That's and it's number seven. Yeah. You know, there's seven of these. Unbelievable. Then he's got there's seven people that are going to bear witness to him. Number one is John the Baptist. So this is the <laughs> Lamb of God who takes with. Number two is the I'm going quick only because yeah. our time is through. right. The second is the Father Himself. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm all pleased. The third witness is scriptures. Jesus says, Search the scriptures, they testify of me. The third, the fourth, is Jesus' works. He says, even my works testify to who I am. Nobody, no other religious leader ever did this stuff, no, right? No, no. Then the Holy Spirit, in chapter 15, verse 26, the Holy Spirit will testify of me. And then John, I mean, Thomas says, when he feels the wounds in his hand and his side, he drops to his knees and says, my Lord and my God. And then John says, these things I have written unto you, we started out with that, that yeah. you might. So you see seven witnesses, mm -hmm. starting with Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, Scriptures, the works of Jesus, all the way down the line. What you're getting, David, is yeah. think of a, a wheel with spokes. Yeah. And the, all the spokes come to the center, to the, the hub. And the center holds them together. Right. But whether, <laughs> whether it's the I Am statements, whether it's the sign miracles, or the witnesses, all of these things, the prophecies, the predictions, all converging, and it's held together by that center. Once you understand it, the wheel turns. Yeah. It turns. If you take those things out and there's no fulfillment, it all breaks down. Yeah. You reduce Jesus to like, uh, well, he was a good man, yeah. or he was a prophet, or he was a holy man. He doesn't allow you that. He doesn't yeah. give us that option, as C.S. Lewis said. Look, he is either a liar, a lunatic, right. or he's Lord. There's no in-between. There's no so in-between. So we're starting to put a finishing touch on this, David, but what I, I encourage people to do, I've always said this before, if, if you're not a believer yet, you're not yet a Christian, and coming into the as the end of this year comes to a close, you know, really, we don't know what's coming tomorrow. No, the Bible says, I, boast not thyself of tomorrow. Thou knowest not what a day might bring forth. We have to be ready. God willing, we're going to live a long life, a healthy life, right. but we don't know. Right. I urge people... If you're not sure of your salvation, number one, don't wait. Go to a good church. Go to a go to a church that preaches in the Bible. And before you do that, you can start looking into the scriptures yourself. Go to the Bible. I, I would suggest start with the Gospel of John. 
Ask God to guide you by his Holy Spirit and just start reading one chapter per day. Read one chapter per day. And then see if, if, as John says, these things I have written unto you that you might know that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God and that by knowing that you'll believe and you'll have everlasting life. So there we said, just by going it again, we see the seven signs or the seven miracles, the yeah. seven, the thing we didn't cover and we don't have, is that there's seven feast days listed in the Gospel of John, starting with Passover. There's three Passovers that study, that track is three years. And then he's he's at the Feast of Dedication, the Feast of Hanukkah, he's Feast right. of uh, Booths, you know, tabernacles. So you got seven feast yeah. days that John puts in this beautiful yeah. outline of sevens. Yeah. So once you understand the principle of seven, it makes it much, much easier and to remember the Gospel of John. Yes. So I thank you for all listening today. You know, it's been a great uh, uh, hour just to scratch yeah. the surface and looking at the Gospel of John. Thank you, David. Oh, yeah. And before Thanks I, pr- I want to pray for some of our listeners, yes. all of us, really, we need prayer, but mm-hmm. especially those that may not yet believe that Jesus truly is who he says he is. Heavenly Father, we close this show off. We thank you for this radio station, WNZN. We thank you that it's a platform to share your thank word you, and to, for song and to praise and worship on the other stations and programs throughout the day. And I do pray now, Lord, that you would guide that one out there that's listening that doesn't yet know you, but that you might lead him, as John says. But as they look at the scriptures and they study the scriptures and what you did and what you said leads them to know you truly are from God and that you died in the cross and rose from the grave to give eternal life to whoever puts their faith and their trust in you. Amen. I pray for them <clears throat> and just bless them and bring them a good, strong Christian fellowship in a church. And that they might know without a shadow of doubt that they truly are now a child of God. Their sins are forgiven. They can start a brand new life. So we commit all these things into your hands until we meet again for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Thanks, John. God bless you, David. God bless you, everybody.